You know, with most of these clowns, I gotta play hardball. But for you, those clamps are half off. These are the best in the world. You put them on, they grip tight. They don't slip, slide, stretch, or tear like other things. <laughs> All right, get the gum out of your ears and listen up, you inbred degenerate screwheads. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Richard. And I'm Chris. And this is the Evil Dead cast episode 27. Episode 26 was over a year ago. We did no podcasting in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. I know. It how, has. How do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> we were going to cover that one movie. What was it? That sam raimi produced or something oh breathe. one about the blind guy don't breathe right damn why yeah. didn't we ever do that we didn't have enough time i'm just kidding i don't know <laughs> we should <laughs> we though you had... watched it right rich yeah i watched it actually with my daughters it was scary there's our review okay <laughs> it was scary perfect very <laughs> maybe maybe we will at some point but uh we what we did do is we all went to a convention, Walker Stalker, where we got to see uh, some of the cast members, and yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and what was like a highlight for you of that, Rich? Uh it was. Uh, it was. It was. You know what? Actually, I, mean, I don't know if this is a if I should say this, but uh, I thought there would be more people. I, I keep forgetting that this is kind of a niche, you know, and that there's not a lot of, it's not huge, like in the millions of viewership. So I, I don't know what I was expecting, but when, uh, when we got good seats and we listened to them and their stories and you guys did great, by the way, up there on stage, asking them questions, it was real entertaining. I was so, I was just beside myself. It was great. Yeah. So, uh, what Rich is talking about is, is a panel that, uh, had, uh, Dana DeLorenzo, Ray Santiago, Jill Marie Jones, who played Amanda Fisher in season one, and Lee Majors, and also mm -hmm. Ted Ramey, and Chris and I were the co-moderators for the panel, so we were sitting up there, and yeah, it's a it's mostly a Walking Dead convention, um, so the audience wasn't quite as big, but it was you know it was filled out pretty good, and the people who do show up are totally like rabid fans, and they're they're <laughs> enthusiastic, right? So I, what what about you, Chris? Um, well, I was going to say, I really love doing that panel. I've done a bunch of panels at Walker Stalker now, not as many as you, of course, but um, I've done some big ones, some little ones, but that was one of the fav my favorites of all. Yeah. I, I just felt like it went really well and it was super fun to be up there with those those actors. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear you liked it, Rich, and, and everybody else I hope liked it too, but uh, it was it was awesome. Can, we play, it? Can were... we play any of it? Do you think on this podcast? I maybe so. I you know I've done. I did one other panel before that with all of those same people, except not Lee Majors, and it was awesome. And I do have the audio for that. I don't have the audio for the one we did together, but I, I'm gonna see again if I can get it, and then maybe we can play it on the podcast. That would be awesome. I'll try to get it. But my my highlights with those guys, they they're all super cool. But especially Dana, she's mm -hmm. just really nice and and just down to earth and fun and really nice. And then yeah. uh, I had a couple of encounters with Jill Marie Jones who played Amanda and she's, she's really interesting. She was like asking me a lot of questions and I couldn't tell if she thought I was weird at first or something. Cause I was kind of <laughs> nervous. 
<laughs> she's like you seem i forgot what she said uh oh, i forgot what she said but she she uh she said i seem nervous that's what it was you seem mm. kind of nervous and i'm like yeah <laughs> well of course and, and then You're i a big thought star <laughs> I, I thought i was weirding her out but then she kept wanting to talk and then i saw her at the bar later and she's like hey and I, she's you know kind of waved me over and we talked for like a half an hour just about her family and what it's like to be an actor and stuff like that so i think it was all right (laughs) that's awesome i i i got to meet dana at the bar the night or two nights before the panel and uh that was really fun like you said she's super outgoing and chatty and really funny and i kept saying you know i'll see you tomorrow at our panel i was all confused and probably a little drunk this is kelly by the way yeah yeah kelly (laughs) please kelly and and i kept saying i'll see you tomorrow and she's like tomorrow what do you mean tomorrow it's two days from now i'm like oh right right and then i did it again and it was it was it started to get weird so uh <laughs> we ended the night but uh it was fun and then awesome. getting a picture with them after it was also yeah. really awesome too yeah. i went up to bruce campbell because he was at his booth and uh i was like hey Bruce Campbell, I, I, you know, I'm such a big fan of your show and he's all, thank you. And I go, yeah, I do a podcast about it. We're, we're like the number one podcast and he's all, no way, really? And I'm like, yeah. And I go, and you guys are just knocking it out of the park this year. It's so good. And he goes, okay, okay. <laughs> Settle down. Yeah, Settle down. Like, I got it, man. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, someday we got to get him on here. Then he'll yeah. realize how awesome it is. All right. Well, we'll give it a shot. I, I hope <laughs> we can. So um, when I was in touch with the people at Stars about getting episodes early, they asked us if we wanted to interview some of the newer cast members, the one that plays Dalton and then uh, Ash's daughter, Brandy. So we may get a chance to, to talk to those guys. But yeah, we got we to gotta try for Bruce this year, too, <clears throat> before, nice. before we're too late. I, I don't know if the show's going to be around after this. Wow, come on. I think we've got at least one more year after this. You think so? I hope so. They haven't announced anything. No, not officially, but fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Totally. All right. Well, let's get into the season three premiere. Attention shoppers. Deadcast top three in five, four, three. Sounds kind of like a deadite. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. It's uh, Deadcast Top 3. It's the top three highlights for season three, episode one, Family. So what did you guys think of this episode in general? Go ahead, ahead, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then I will go ahead. I think this was a good episode, a pretty good one, not one of my top all-time favorites, and... You know, I can't really say one of the the worst episodes because I don't think any of them are that bad. They're all really entertaining and really good. Mm -hmm, But I do feel like this episode gave us a really kind of even keel little bit of everything and didn't go too far into any one uh, of the sort of styles or tones or genres that this show touches on. And by that, I mean, it was funny, but it wasn't super funny. It was gory, but it wasn't... um, really really gory like some of the stuff we've seen um but it was a really good balance between the comedy and the action and the horror and so for that i i really liked it but uh i wouldn't put it in my sort of top top five or something like that but good episode overall Mm -hmm. yeah i thought uh you know at first this episode felt a little strange 
uh maybe on on the same vibe you were chris to be honest mm-hmm. you know they just they jumped back into it so quickly you know you got this anonymous girl that picks up the book brings it in nothing there toss that yep. story aside anonymous guy who knows how to read sumerian text reads the book brings evil back toss that aside but you know what i after watching it you know of course i'm laughing my ass off at ash yeah and i realize i don't i don't think it's really the episode that was odd it's just it's just me like you mentioned at the beginning of the show it's been over a year and there's 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 nothing i've watched since a year ago that compares to this show it just took me a few minutes to get back into the groove of things and remember this show lives up to it you know lives up to its namesake ash versus evil dead and they just jumped right in <laughs> <laughs> yeah it felt good to be watching it I, i've been looking forward to more definitely yeah, I can't decide if it felt like, uh, it, I mean, basically, yeah, they just bring the book back. The Deadites are back. Ruby's back. Uh, so that all felt a little bit samey. But um, then again, what do you want? It's Ash versus Evil Dead. And yeah. then it, it also went back and caught up to where everyone is at, but then set the stage for some new things with the daughter and everything. And, and also gave us a nice, fresh scenario for Deadites in the high school, which I loved. And yeah, yeah and I actually thought, at first I was like, ah, these jokes are corny. But then they, then I've heard myself laughing out loud a couple of times and I'm serious. Like this show is one of the few things right now that I can watch and literally laugh out loud. So laugh out loud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen that much with, with a lot of shows. Yeah. Just the stupid things he says. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> Rich, I know what you mean though. Like the, the season two ended with, some a mystery person picking up the book out of the mud, right? And you think that's going to be a big deal. That's yeah. that's who is that or what's going to happen? And then it's it turns into nothing, right? In this episode, it's sort of it really is. I mean, to me, that was just uh, well, we can't. We have to um, make sure that people know the book is still around. I guess, yeah. or yeah. they could have just had Ruby get it though. Go back. Well, to she the, ended up with it anyway. That's, that's cabin that's and get true, it, but yeah. it was just one step away. It was kind of like mm-hmm. watching a highlight reel of a origin story. <laughs> but I, you know what I did? I did like that the guy at this, uh, you know, appraisal show. One of these. What do you call that one really famous one? Auction. Oh, I forget. But oh, uh, yeah. anyway, the uh, this one was called I think Treasures from the Loft, and. He's like, oh, it's an ancient Sumerian text. Like he just knew everything about it, and then immediately, yeah. of course, starts reading it. Yeah, exactly. How many <laughs> people funny. just start reading things out loud? By the way, <laughs> yeah. but I, I, I'm not sitting there going, oh yeah, right. Like that would happen. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. I love that they did that. <laughs> well, you know exactly what's about to happen, and yeah, you don't worry that oh, this guy should what be smarter than yeah. than that. No, not to read it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I also like that he knew how to translate it because then later on he's like, "Oh, it says here that if you read these aloud, you'll bring demons into the world." Whoops. Um, but then later on, when he's talking to Ruby and she says the different right. names that she's called in the different languages, and he understands those, that was just a nice little thing tying together. Like, yeah, this guy's some professorial and knows lots of languages or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do our top three. Who wants to go first? Oh, I thought that was my top three. <laughs> no, that was in general. <laughs> that my top three is very similar. It's uh, my well, just uh, number three. Just do one of them. It's uh, it's the quick pace, the mm-hmm. quick pace of the opening. Uh, I, it was so fast. I I just was like left behind, but laughing at the same time until mm-hmm. about halfway through the episode, and then I finally got caught up, and it and it just felt great. 
I've, I'm not feeling too well. I've been getting sick, but after watching the show, I felt like a million bucks. <laughs> That's a good uh, quote, man. Stars should like use that. that. Ash versus Evil Dead. It'll cure what you got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I'm, I mean, you know, I've done podcasts on several different shows now and this one, and when I watch through the second time, I take notes for the podcast and I pause a lot, but this one I, I pause probably more than any other show because it's just so dense and lots of things happen in a short amount of time. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, I got to say my number three then will be, I, I mean, I loved everything in the high school, but specifically the music room fight I thought was pretty great. <laughs> uh, I thought it was amazingly funny and it felt very sort of Evil Dead, familiar to the Evil Dead universe. Uh, I love the way they use the instruments as weapons and threats. Um, and the sound effects were kind of goofy. You know, mm -hmm. they incorporated the instrument sounds and things like that. They did that really well. Yeah, like the tinkling yeah. and the the piano that sounded like shit, but kind of scary. <laughs> right. But but even like all the horns and the trumpet, yeah. the, the drums, it Everything. all worked well. And, and just Ash fighting inanimate objects is always funny. And... <laughs> So, you know, he had to fight a, like a floating trombone. And then of course he sticks the shotgun down the bell and goes blow before he blows it up. <laughs> and, uh, the drumsticks going up his nose and in his ears. And yeah. that was my favorite. That, and he's all, all oh, kind of, yeah. yeah. And he just a bit sort of, a, of uh, flails three stooges around. There, yeah. 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 Three stooges flailing around and it's all, it's all really good. But then it also had the amazing symbol decapitation mm -hmm. which i thought was great yeah and they lingered on it for so long right like her head didn't fall off for what felt like quite a long time <laughs> and they let the blood pool up and everything <laughs> and of course it finishes with the harp face kill which was uh, oh my god super gross and awesome mm -hmm. yeah was, was that though? probably the first ever death by harp <laughs> <laughs> probably anywhere huh yeah I liked uh, too the the one horn that kind of just blew them back against the wall. Yeah, yeah and you know effect. what I thought in that scene is is it blew them back and um, they all like slammed into that wall. And I know it was a special effect or stunt people or whatever, but it looked like it hurt because mm -hmm. they slammed into that wall hard. And and I appreciated that. <laughs> I appreciated that scene too because Richard and I actually were in marching band in high school for four years together. Yeah, nice. And uh, it just kind of reminded me reminded me of that. <laughs> Never really thought about trombones like that. <laughs> <laughs> Were you guys both drummers? No, I was a drummer. Richard played saxophone mostly. Yeah, cool. You played what else did you play? Sousaphone for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. oh, nice. Played the big Barry yeah. sax. Used to jam out on that thing. Well, yeah, I'm glad it loud. never came to life and attacked you. No. <laughs> nope it wasn't, wasn't that ever that exciting okay number three for me is just how funny or not it was and when we first got into it the first thing you see is his hardware store commercial and it's got all these corny juvenile sex jokes like uh ladies yeah. you'll love his nuts <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like what does that even mean like is that a joke because why would ladies love nuts of any kind? Yeah. <laughs> a, a handful of yeah, his nuts. Yeah, a handful actually. and a long screw, and there's a moaning in the background. I mean, it's kind of funny because it's such a bad ad, but um, 
I, I just didn't think the jokes. It, it was kind of funny when he said, "We've got everything from the D to Ildo." the sign says fluffy cuffs dildos and then vibrators strictly no returns (laughs) that stuff all cracked me up my favorite was he goes men can't please your wives better check out aisle (laughs) seven but uh then later on when he was talking to the hot girl who was there to buy clamps and what we played in the intro he's like uh these clamps are half off. They're the best in the world. You you put them on. They grip tight. They don't slip, slide, stretch, or tear like other things. And I'm like, yeah. well, like what other things? That's gross. That's, <laughs> That's not what I was sexy. <laughs> but that came up later, too. Later on in the episode, he was talking about using his lucky rubber. You yeah. win 50 and 0. Oh, that's right. Is that what there he was is... talking about? Because the stretching and tearing sounds kind of like sketchy to me yeah <laughs> but i love i laugh that's when i first laughed out loud i'm like okay it, this is funny it's back to the show i love you know i can't think of anything more disgusting than a uh rubber of a condom going 50 and oh, oh. No. that's gross <laughs> like <Yeah>. jesus <laughs> that's gross for everyone involved yeah everyone everyone yeah i mean <laughs> we have seen grosser on this show but not much I think we can all remember that one scene back in season two. Well, there's all yeah. kinds of <laughs> gross stuff. Uh, there was a few other things that in the hardware store uh, that I made note of, just some little things in the background. I did a lot of pausing during that too to like read the signs and, and look at everything on the shelves and stuff. And the paint color I thought was funny. It was called Sticky Gray. <laughs> and it said it was ideal for metal, wood, and walls. <laughs> Which seems weird. And then of course the 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 uh sticker on the on the window of the hardware store said it had tools, hunting, triple X, wood, and paint. <laughs> yeah, because it's his he calls it his hardware store slash sex toy emporium. Yeah, exactly. Emporium. Which is how he's perverted his father's legacy. Yeah, and his dad's name is just covered over with a, a new sign on, barely. The, on the top. So, barely, that's right. Yeah, this show must be fun to write for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like that he has a hardware, that he took over his dad's hardware store because it's a little bit like, oh, he's actually progressing in life. That's cool. And also, it just seems appropriate for him to have a hardware store because we've seen him with all this hardware and in the work shed and everything. You know, it just seems very ash. Yeah. Yeah, tools. And, yeah, and he can. Ash he can is a tool. He's <laughs> yeah. a tool, and he can put stuff together. You know, he's got a he's got a robot hand, and he can. Yeah, he's he's just good with the tools. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I mean, I'm still. There was plenty of other stuff that I thought was funny. The most important thing about a hose is its width and its length, mostly the length. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Or I'm doing lines here, so if you have any favorite ones, jump you know in. I've heard the contrary about hoses that mostly it's I know the- <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, really? What are you talking about here? Uh, well, I like when Candy was telling him about that, what's going on with his daughter at the high school, and Evil is back, and he's like, "We buried Evil," and Pablo's like, "Hefe, I think she's telling the truth," and he raises up his shirt to show the markings. And he's like, dude, I told you to get that shit lasered off. (laughs) (laughs) I like it when he met his daughter and he he says, you can call me dad unless you're a deadite and then you can go fuck yourself. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then he he, he was talking to her later and he goes, alleged daughter. 
who yeah. else is in the room. I mean, in what other context will you ever hear that line? You just will never hear that. <laughs> yeah. Legend daughter. <laughs> he gets her name wrong over and over again. Well, the first thing he said was, uh, what was it? Something about, you can call me, yeah, that's right, I'm your pop, father dearest, the old sperm shooter. <laughs> that's the first thing he says to his daughter (laughs) and i also liked how he kind of you know you would think he's he's portrayed as this uh you know he never settles down with anyone ladies man and he finds out he has a daughter you might think that the way they might play it is for him to get all freaked out and scared but he's just like all right cool i got a daughter he didn't give a shit yeah (laughs) i thought that was kind of cool uh, just like old times, eh, Pablo? Except the wife part and no Kelly. Actually, it's not like old times at all. <laughs> I like that. These, I like when he said, these halls have some sweet memories. Met my first Linda here because yeah. he keeps having girlfriends named Linda. <laughs> yeah. And he, earlier on, he says, um, uh, when he doesn't recognize his ex-wife, he says, the old steel trap never forgets a rack, but faces are a little fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty funny that he, because I heard that he has a daughter in the new season and I'm like, I don't know, how are they going to fit that in? And it just turns out that he had a drunken weekend and got married in Vegas or something and, and totally just forgot. Yeah. <laughs> and Something he would do. Yeah. And you see, I like the whole flashback scene with him whooping it up and fucking her in the backseat. <laughs> What'd you think of the, uh, the mustache and the big yeah. uh, mutton chop yeah. sideburns? Ash with sideburns. Oh, I thought he looked great. It kind of reminded me of him in Bubba Hotep a little bit. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. Yeah. You know? That's back in and, the odds. Yeah. And his arms. Did you guys think his, like, he had looked like he had really muscular arms? They looked like he got buffed or CGI'd yeah. it or something. Right. Or, or, maybe, or so. maybe maybe they used a body double or something. But mm. I, I thought his arms looked good. I like when he was going through the trophies. And uh, I, I, what did you guys think he was looking for? Anything in particular? I no. had no idea what he was doing. Yeah, I didn't think he was really looking for anything in particular. Maybe just sort of poking around at his old high school. I, I thought he was, I don't know why I would think this, but maybe he was looking for something helpful to help with the deadites. Yeah. And then he pulls out a joint. Like a weapon. <laughs> I thought I thought briefly maybe a weapon, but then I was like, well, that'd be dumb. Why yeah. would he look for a weapon? He's got two of them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's a tiny knife hidden under one of those trophies. <laughs> Anyway, so by the end of the episode, I, I was like, yeah, like you rich, man, I was feeling good. And that's mostly just because laughing makes me feel good. Yeah, that's right. Endorphins. <laughs> All right. Where are we? Uh, Chris, right? Oh, no, Rich. I forgot who went first. Number two. Yeah. I liked the introduction of his daughter. I have to be honest. I wasn't really sure how I was going to feel about that when I heard about it. But then, of course, when I saw it, I thought, oh, this is cool. I like the idea of Ash uh, having a daughter. You know, he had his his dad. His dad and him were estranged. He doesn't really care too much for his girlfriends in the past. And now um, his deceased wife doesn't seem too much to him either. But a daughter who's who's who he's going to get to know throughout the rest of the show, I you know, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. That'll be an interesting relationship dynamic and... You know, how, what's going to happen with the, the, the attitudes of the characters, their beliefs, their emotions? Is it going to change, you know, what they're fighting for and all this stuff? I think it's, I think it's going to be cool. I think it brings something a little fresh. Mm-hmm. Has, the, has Ash having a daughter ever been established anywhere else ever before in Evil Dead? Or no. Or is this brand new? No, I don't think so. Mm-mm. Yeah. 
I, I wasn't okay. sure. Yeah, totally. I'm I'm fine with that. I just wasn't sure. I went to the Evil Dead wiki online, which has apparently all this information, and they they didn't seem to indicate that it, this came from anywhere else uh, either. So uh, I'm good with it, and and I agree. I I think it's a interesting twist and should make for some good TV for the rest of season three. I hope. Yeah, and she's uh, seems just kind of like a normal teenager, so yeah. she's not too sassy, but she's not totally just sweet either she's just kind of a normal and she wants to get out of town and she i thought the actress did a really good job of playing it straight which is what i want from most of the characters in this you know i want it to feel like they're right. in a horror movie where ash is in his own separate world so did you guys think it was her i, I thought it was the other girl at first um no i kind of thought it was her because because i thought if they had I don't know why. I just, yeah, I was trying to figure out which one of these do I think it is. And for some reason, I thought it was her. Yeah, I feel like I sort of knew too. The other one seemed just a little too uh, caricature-y almost. Yeah, you know, yeah, she was, uh, that's what it she was. was a little yeah, over the yeah. top and she was the bad girl drawing penises on the lockers and stuff. And, you know, Ash's daughter is not quite, not quite to that level. Yet. <laughs> Yet. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> They kind of got the wife out of the way fast, which is sort of convenient for the plot, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. With so a spectacular he, symbol and decapitation. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, uh, my number two will be probably a really quick one, but even with the symbol head cutting off and some other gross stuff in this episode, I find that this show is very good at including something with pretty good frequency that really just turns my stomach. And <laughs> in this episode, I don't know if you guys could, can guess what it is, but uh, when Ruby is in that, I guess, hotel room or wherever she is, and she has the book and she puts the knife through her hand and drips the blood all over the book, starts smearing it around and then starts putting it in her mouth. Yeah. And mm. just sticking her fingers in her mouth and the way she starts gagging on it and, eventually just falls down on the ground and you see uh, some kind of demon baby poking around in her stomach. The way she sort of drinks that blood and the gagging noises she made, it made me feel ill. And I watched this episode <laughs> three times and the third time, the, the first two times I suffered through it. And the third time I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fast forward this bit because it's super, <laughs> super gross. Got to you, huh? but you know what? I think that's uh, that's okay, and it's a testament to the show that it's that it's making me feel nauseous. Yeah, there's some great gore. I, I love the blood on the floor, the classic high school scene with the high school girls. Can't go wrong there. The yeah, tiger, no, that the was good. The tiger cool. and the tiger with the bloody eyes and stuff. All yeah. that, all that was great. But that was creepy. I don't know. Ruby gagging on blood just didn't do it for me. I agree it's gross, but I don't know if they will ever get more disturbing than him wearing a corpse, a hat, and having his penis <laughs> flopping around in his face. Yeah. I thought we were never going to talk about that. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's getting his head pulled up through the anus of a corpse. Like, yeah. these things are... I've never seen anything that disturbing in my life. Not even yeah. close to it. No. <laughs> and I was happy about that. Right. <laughs> okay. Is that good? All right. Yeah, I agree. That was, yeah, yeah. was kind of gross. Okay. My number two is kind of just taking a look at where everybody is right now. I already talked about 
Ash owning a hardware store. Kelly works in a bar and uh, she seems excessively aggressive and angry, bashing that dude's head in the table just because he was eating pretzels. I, w- I didn't know if they were going for, oh yeah, she's her badass self or she's taking it a little far because then she's like yelling at everybody in the bar. Yeah. yeah, and she's upset about someone changing the TV. And yeah. What so, was she? What was she? Was she a bar? Maybe she's tenor? restless, you know? She just needs to be kicking some dead-eyed ass. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah. what we're supposed to get out of that. And she's, you know, bored just working in a bar. A bouncer? I think, yeah, I don't know. I think she just was a waitress, maybe. I don't know. It felt a little extreme, though, with the pretzels, you know? Yeah. Paying customers only. Like, the guy probably is about to order a beer, but she put his head in the <laughs> yeah. bowl. He's so. like, okay, okay. <laughs> but uh, then she comes to the high school. I'm not sure how she found out about it, but she shows up, saves the day. Heidi fucking ho, boys, miss me. I mean, on one hand, it was good to see her back, but it felt a little bit like when, you know, on Happy Days, Fonzie comes into the room and everybody is like, woohoo, kind of like that. Yeah. A little bit. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of her. There wasn't very much of her in this episode, and and how she plays in because she's always sort of been a stand-in for a daughter figure for Ash to me. So yeah. now, yeah, it's, how will that affect things? Well, I think you know, I think Kelly Kelly's biggest important role too is to be kind of an unattainable love interest for Pablo. That too, yeah. And 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 now we have another you know girl on the show, woman on the show who is. I don't know what age, but, you know, potentially a love interest for Pablo. So I wonder if they're going to play that up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I bet you they will. Yeah. I Good call, so. Chris. We yeah. have uh, Pablo will be his uh, son, son-in-law. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also Ash said, look who's back. And uh, Pablo gave her a look like he hasn't seen her in a while. So it seems like they've been separated or haven't been hanging out. Yeah. Well, him and Ash have been hanging out. He's been running Pablito's. What was it? Fish and uh, chips. Fish, fish and chips. Yeah. yeah. So they've been together doing their thing. And but I'm saying, yeah, Kelly hasn't been with Kelly. Them. You're right. You're but right. She's yeah. in the bar. So that brings me to Pablo, who uh, he did what he wanted to do. He wanted to have a food truck that serves fish, fish and chips and computer uh, repair. <laughs> and oh. he says, okay, we've got two fish tacos. we got your hard drive. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of did it. I had forgotten about that. I was confused about why here's your, your fish tacos and your hard drive. I thought that was just a really weird thing that came out of nowhere. <laughs> and Maybe hardware store related. Last time yeah. we saw him, uh, well, he said that was his dream. He told Ruby in season yeah, two. Right. So last time, or you know, he's had those markings on him. And I think that happened when the book bound itself to him. So he's still connected to it. And now that the book is active, it just like deepens the marks in him and and he's in pain. So I I don't know. I'm a little worried, like with Ruby having this little what looks like what you said, Chris, a demon baby and Pablo, these markings hurting and and uh, just seems like, oh, you know, we need to tread some new ground here. I hope we don't go too much back over the old ground of the show. Chris, I think we can still look forward to. Ruby giving birth because they didn't show it yet. No, you're right. Now, is it going to just bust <laughs> out through show her uh, stomach? Probably. <laughs> That's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. And then speaking of Ruby, this is the earlier still evil Ruby. And yes. it, I think in that scene, you know, she's like all happy to get the book back. And then she turns right to the page that has ash on it that we've seen so many times before, or at least different versions of it. 
stabs herself through the hand, rubs the blood around, and I think it erased him, didn't it? That's what it looked oh. like to me. Oh, I don't yeah, know. I, I didn't notice. I don't think he was... Uh, I don't think his image was still on the page after she yeah. smeared the blood on it. No. And wow. I've How heard cool is that I heard this season is supposed to reveal why Ash is the chosen one that, you know, is so powerful against the deadites and everything. So maybe mm-hmm. this is the start of something along those lines. Yeah. yeah what yeah. was the, what was the other characters uh, thing? He was a Sumerian warrior or something like that. A knight, he's yes, from the Knights it. of Sumeria, and he reveres Ash and has been waiting his whole life to fight the evil, which uh, I'm sort of like, how how does he know about all this stuff? I, I, I'm suspicious. I think this guy is not what he seems. Yeah. Regardless, I think we're going to get some good backstory on Ash. Right. Yeah, and hopefully Ruby, too. Absolutely. But I'm with you on Dalton, the new guy. I felt a little... Like he sort of came out of nowhere and I, I feel like it's going to take me a bit of time to get used to him. You know, they, they introduced yeah. the new character, the daughter Brandy. I'm like, why are we bringing in this guy and who or what are the Knights of Samaria? And you know, what, what's he going to, what's, what do we need him for? So I feel like it's going to take some time to get used to it, but we'll have to see. Yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah. 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 Hopefully all these characters mesh together in a fun, entertaining way. Just more to look forward to. <laughs> okay, Rich, number one. Uh, my number one was Candy Bar Died. Yeah. Candy Bar. I wasn't sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, his, his wife. I wasn't sure about how I felt about Ash having a wife. You know, like, as soon as she introduced herself as his wife, I was like, oh, God. There were so many insecurities I had about how that show would be ruined. <laughs> but then she was decapitated by a symbol, and I, I felt so much better. It was you felt like, relieved. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I was like, All right. <laughs> Character that could mess it up, gone. Yeah, and I agree with Chris. It was a compl- it was it was it was my favorite part in the movie, you know. You, you see her fingers drop first yeah. and then all the blood that was and awesome. just kept going and it's like, "Oh man, I used, I used to want to do that to some people in high school." <laughs> <laughs> like our band director? No. Yeah. But then now um no, I'm just kidding. I really didn't. Um I swear. You know, having a deadite wife now it makes them for some pretty entertaining moments. Oh yeah, I bet I wonder if she'll come back. Yeah, maybe she's gonna come back. You might. Um I I it took me a couple watches to notice uh the well, I saw the fingers fall to the ground when the symbol hit her, but it's so fast when she puts her hands up in front of her you I missed it the first uh-huh, time and I'm yeah. like, Where are the fingers coming from? What's going on? But she does put her hands up. The way they staged that whole thing was was awesome. The, just the thing flying at her and yeah, her fingers dropping kind of not all at the same time, like flutter, flutter, flutter. Yeah. And then you see her head resting there. It was really good. Just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> and wh- something I didn't mention earlier, but the music room fight too. Um, the other girl whose name I forget, but she made a great deadite. I thought she looked awesome yeah. as a deadite and, and was entertaining. And mm-hmm. then she shot the the bow from the upright bass, like with the bass springs, like a, a strings. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like a like an arrow at Ash. That was pretty cool too. So everything about that scene was awesome. Mm-hmm. And his face every time. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> He's so good at that. Just making those crazy faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like when, yeah, the lights go off and he's like, okay, nobody move. Just he's springing into badass mode. Yeah, of course. And then just before he's 
he thinks the fight's over and then the the mascot pulls him through the window he's he starts to say something like when i first encountered you yeah. he's gonna give this speech and then he's <laughs> and he's not done yeah and that was perfect because that's Kugi, the mascot and uh the first scene where you see him was really creepy he's just standing at the end of the dark hall with his He's so still and creepy staring yeah. at them. And then he appears closer and then he's gone. And I forgot about him. I totally forgot about him then, you know, but it, it would suck if he never came back. So he comes back right when you forgot about him. And uh, then uh, Ash is like, Coogie, they got you too. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, uh, yeah. that's, that's just good. Like writing and storytelling. Though. Yeah. Like you said, you sort of forget he's there and then he mm-hmm. comes back and, and, uh, you realize that he was there all along. He just, yeah. You just got to remember what happened the boss fight. How did they get rid of him? I forgot. Oh, it was cool. The way they killed him. She, uh, um, Kelly showed up and she oh, put right, a right. can of, uh, I don't know what it was. Some pressurized can of something mm-hmm. and then shot it and his head exploded. A little homage <laughs> to jaws there. I think, Oh yeah, you're probably right. They blew up. Uh, right. Oh, I guess we spoiled jaws, yeah. but yeah, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> all right. Where are we here? We've really pretty much gone over my number one, but it was just the the two new characters. And uh, um, I wanted to say how I really immediately got on board with with Ash's daughter. And I thought um, that actress did a great job. But Dalton, the other guy, I'm not so sure about. And so it'll take some time to get Mm -hmm. used to him. Um, Now, to be fair, he had a very small part in this episode. You kind of see him lurking around and following Ash. And then for some reason, he shows up with Kelly and takes the shot that blows up uh, the mascot's head. So, or sorry, he shoots the can into its mouth and she takes the shot. But I'm just, I think it's going to take a bit of time to get used to him and we'll have to see where he goes. Yeah. You're just jealous because he showed up with Kelly. Well, you know, (laughs) I got, he might be, he might be ball, right? Because we haven't seen him yet. Right. Bill? Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> Bill. Or Bill? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think he has a weird looking chin. That Dalton guy. I think the way his, I think his chin is small because the way it like transitions into his neck, it just I find it a little off putting. If we should get Dana DeLorenzo <laughs> back on for an interview, and you should just be like, "What? What do you see in that guy?" Yeah, totally. <laughs> Why are you? He has a weird chin, right? He's, he's, yeah, right. Who's the boy toy? He doesn't belong. He doesn't no. belong. He's not going to be on the show when, the whole when is he season. Gonna is he going to die? Yeah, is he going to die right. soon? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can get rid of that guy, can't we? <laughs> okay, my number one. I, we've totally covered. It's just mostly all the gory and horrific scenes, which I really liked, and I liked having the high school as a setting because that's a classic horror movie setting. That was cool yeah. to go there. <clears throat> Uh, I had a couple of notes. I just, you know, we talked about the new characters. Does having a couple of new characters make you guys feel like Kelly and Pablo are more expendable? Oh, no. good question. I don't think so. No, I think the new characters either. are more expendable. No. Yeah. <laughs> my, my immediate first response was no, those yeah. the two new characters are the ones that are. I actually dispensable. don't know about the daughter. I maybe uh, sort of at the end, maybe as a um, big dramatic thing at the end, but. I doubt she'll die before the final episode, if at all. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Well, Dalton, I, I figure he's a goner sometime this season. Um, Hope so. The daughter, Brandy, I could see her not surviving the season. Um, but but I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I, I still can't even imagine Pablo or Kelly being killed off. Right. It's only been one episode, so it depends on how the story goes, I think, over the next nine 
Yeah, I don't. I would might change my be mind. Completely shocked if either one of those didn't make it to the end of the season. Right at this point. Mm. Yep. And then the last thing I just wanted, I thought it was interesting that so we have a new showrunner this year. His name is Mark Verheiden, and he wrote this episode. Cool. There you go. He Any did. other notes from you guys? Verheiden. Verheiden. No, I think I'm done. I've got one or two. Um, I liked how um, they always transition into the title card for the show really well. And in this case, Ruby basically punches a guy's face off that just uh, (laughs) splatters into the title card. I thought that was great. Um, In the flashback. It shocked me a little bit. Did it? It Just, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. It was so brutal. Because it was the old guy, right? Who uh, yeah, it just was guy, really yeah. violent, and it was a good good one. Yeah, good one, good use of that little you know thing that they do with the title. Totally, yeah. totally, totally good one. Uh, Rachel, Rachel, that was the other girl's name. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but I noticed the shirt she was wearing. It was like this weird half Def Leppard shirt and half something else. So I don't know what was going on with that. Uh, and then the um, the they show in the flashback. Bruce or uh, Ash getting married and they're in the happy Jesus wedding chapel. I thought that was funny touch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think that's it. Just some more little details. Oh, I have a little one. It says, uh, uh, it's Ash doing something completely Ash when he meets his wife for the first time and she starts pulling him inside. He tries to take one more drink out of his cup. <laughs> that looked funny. <laughs> and then he pours it all over or spills it all over. Yeah. Her, I think. <laughs> He's got his priorities set, man. Yes, of course. <laughs> Did, do you guys, or I guess Chris, do you like the episode more now that we've talked about it? I honestly, I usually do. And I do feel that way a little <laughs> I bit. I think more I do now, too, yeah. a little bit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. That's a good talk. Glad to be back. Let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. I know a guy who's tough, but sweet. He's so fine. He can be beat. He's got everything that I desire. All right, it's time for news about Evil Dead. Now, guys, a lot of the news this week um, is really revolves around season three, what to expect in season three, because there was a, there was a whole bunch of reviews actually put out already since um, the press has access to the first chunk of episodes already, mm-hmm. the first five, I think. And I should so, say that we also do, but we yeah. decided not to watch ahead of time because we don't want to have our commentary colored by what's to come. And we also don't want to accidentally spoil anything. Yeah. And wise. Exactly. And so I'm not really going to get into any of that stuff just because it's spoilery and, and so on. Um, but it's out there if you're, if you're looking for it. So uh, now Jason, you mentioned the new showrunner for season three before the break. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we ever, well, since we haven't podcasted since season two ended, we, we never really talked about that on here. Um, so I thought I'd run through some of that a little bit and what led up to it. But uh, Mark Verheden replaces Craig DiGregario, who was the old showrunner. And Craig did a a long interview with the AV Club uh, in December last year about sort of why he left the show and, and what led up to it and stuff like that. And I thought there was a lot of uh, 
potentially interesting stuff in there. But what it boils down to is that he wasn't fired or let go. He actually stepped down due to creative differences with producer Rob Tappert. And it got to a point where I guess uh, DiGregario figured he couldn't really work with uh, Rob anymore. So he said uh, this quote from AV, the AV Club. He said, honestly, it was a big difference of opinion on what the show should be. It's weird when you do something with an established property. It's great because people already love the characters in the world. The downside sometimes can be that there's a lot of ownership and other opinions that might not complement yours perfectly. It's so, weird, weird because it, it feels um, like the same show to me. Yeah. So far, anyway. Yeah. Because Tappert's in charge. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, but the, I mean, the, it does feel like the same show, at least after one episode. But right. I think DiGregario, he had really big, different ideas for uh, the season two finale. And he actually gets into it in, in the interview. Like he outlines exactly what he wanted to do. And it's not, I didn't think it was totally different than what we got, but it did go in a, in a different direction. So I feel mm. like he, well, I think what he was saying is he didn't feel like he was being allowed to put his own mm. spin on it. And so he figured if he was going to be handcuffed in that way, he would move on to something else. I know he wanted to have some kind of weird time travel thing that made it so that Kelly turned out to retroactively be Ash's daughter. And yeah. I don't like that idea. So no. I liked his show running. I mean, it was, you know, how much we, we love the show, the first two seasons, yeah. but that idea I just don't like. Yeah, it is a, it is a weird idea and that's, that's, that's what it is. And he, he goes into detail on how they were going to get there and do that. And there's a whole, uh, Oh, I think there's a, like a photograph scene, you know, out of back to the future where people aren't disappearing, but she's, transforming into into a photograph that proves that she's his daughter and stuff like that mm -hmm. so it is it is a weird idea um but it i think his feelings kind of extended beyond just that because he was also talking about the um well the thing we mentioned earlier the fight with the the colon monster he called it where <laughs> you know the penis on the forehead and all that <laughs> stuff and he said, uh, DiGregario said that he considered it one of the most fun and most evil dead scenes you could have in the show. Mm. But um, he goes on to say, I had a lot of disagreements with the producer, meaning Rob Tappert, about that. This is not evil dead would be something that was said a lot. And at the mm. end of the day, you can't really get too much done if the person who is creatively steering things and the person who is physically producing things aren't agreeing uh, on what is evil dead. So. Yeah, I mean, totally. You know, hearing all that, I'm not mm -hmm. surprised that uh, he decided to step down. I'm glad that he uh, that they sorted it out before season three was made because there's been so many examples of when there's a change in the middle and it just you know <laughs> Justice League. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I hope. Yeah, even that last episode of season two, I felt like it was it was off, and that that was sort of a, a change in the middle, from what I understand. But um, I. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this season goes. It, it, Rob Tappert was one of the main guys that was there from the very beginning working on those yeah. movies. Yep. And so hopefully it'll be even more awesome than it's ever been before. And I, and I wonder if any of this had an influence on why there was an extra long break between seasons. I, I, I got to figure it, it might, you know, I mean, they didn't I come back in because they the had it wrapped months ago. 
Did they? they had when all did you know when they done. finished up? Um, even in October or September, when I did that panel with the actors, they said they were done filming. Oh, weird. Yeah, so okay. I, I don't know. I think it was a stars thing, trying to figure out when the best time to play it would be. <laughs> yeah, and they decided stars. on the they decided on the same Sunday as Walking Dead comes back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. I feel um, bad for stars, you know, not being able to figure out how to how to market the show, how to play this show. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I wonder if it's not just that people don't want to spend more money on a subscription. Yeah. Maybe I don't know, or they felt like they could uh, they could build up anticipation a little bit if they if they held on to it. I don't know, I, but uh, it, it uh, Ashford's Evil Dead went on Netflix for the first time fairly recently, I think, and apparently it's been pretty popular on there. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I talk about it on Walking Dead cast, and I try to get people to go watch it and stuff. Cool. Well, we're trying to do our part. Pushing people right. over, right? <laughs> uh, just before we move on to the, the next item, um, I have a little bit on Mark Verheden here in case we want to know more about him. So I looked him up and he's actually been a writer and a producer on all kinds of TV stuff. He worked on Daredevil, Constantine, Hemlock Grove, Falling Skies, Battlestar Galactica, and Smallville, to name a few. So there's some pretty big popular shows in there. And he was the writer for that weird movie in 2007 called My Name is Bruce. I, mm. I think we've brought that up on the podcast before, but I forget. Have you guys seen My Name is Bruce? Yeah. I never did see that. Yeah, it's, it's that weird movie where uh, Bruce Campbell kind of stars as himself and people yeah. mistake him for Ash and they enlist him to fight a monster that has invaded their town. So Wow, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's I remember liking it and maybe we should review it on here someday soon too, but uh anyways, so Mark Verheiden was involved in all that stuff and you know, clearly he has a relationship with Bruce Campbell, so I wouldn't be surprised if that connection sort of got him the job, but that's just speculation. I don't know. Mhm. And we'll have to see where he takes it. Um, all right. So Rotten Tomatoes interviewed Bruce Campbell about season three. And this is another thing. I found this whole interview really spoilery. So I won't go too much into it. I don't want to uh, spoil season three in any way because he talks about what to expect in season three and even about kind of where it ends up at the end. And I felt like I was learning a little bit too much reading it. So read Rotten Tomatoes interview at your own risk. But um, a couple of uh, a couple of quotes in it, I thought were interesting, um, although it was weird at, in the interview. Sometimes they attributed the quotes to Campbell and other times to Williams. So it was a little confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a feeling it was just a mistake on the writer's <laughs> part. But anyways, regarding what kind of guy Ash is, uh, Bruce Campbell said, if you don't give a shit about your lead character, you're doomed. There has to be enough qualities about him that you go, okay, I'll root for the guy. He is a good guy. That's what sets him apart in the horror world. There are very few good guys in horror franchises. As flawed as he is, he's still a good guy you can root for. And I think we'd all agree with that. Yeah. And then this goes back to the tone of the original movie, Evil Dead 1. Bruce said, uh, to me, the first Evil Dead was just kind of failed melodrama. 
Very earnest, clunky dialogue said by earnest, inexperienced actors. That's what that was. No, I don't need to go back to that. I actually like the tone that we've hit with Ash versus Evil Dead, which is basically 50-50. 50% humor, 50% horror. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Yeah, me too. And I, but I thought it was interesting to hear him sort of say, you know what, Evil Dead 1 wasn't very good. I'm, I'm glad everyone likes it, but <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to go back to that style. We've moved on. I get the sense that's maybe how they were feeling back then, which is why Evil Dead 2 is practically a remake, but just funnier. Yeah, yeah. it's sort of the same movie, just a little bit funnier. And, yeah. and uh, you know, you're right. <laughs> uh, okay, and finally, this is slightly different. So Lionsgate is one of the production companies on the show, and they have teamed up with the Los Angeles Valiant from the Overwatch League to promote, promote Ash versus Evil Dead. Now, do either oh. of you guys know what the Overwatch League is? Uh, I just know of it. Never played it. Okay, because I the had... Game? It is, yeah, yeah. I had no idea what this is, but I had to go and figure it out. So, from Wikipedia, the Overwatch League is a professional esports league for the video game Overwatch, developed by Blizzard. Um, so... That sounds interesting, um, a professional sports league for a video game. Uh, but the Los Angeles Valiant is a team in this league, and they're going to be teaming up with Ash versus Evil Dead for some promotions. So from comicbook.com, the series will be shown on the group's jerseys through stage two of the inaugural season of the league. Ari Siegel, the president and COO of the Valiant, said, by creating truly unique money-can't-buy experiences for our fans around that property... We elevate the fan experience to something that aims at more than merely being a fan of a team. And then comicbook.com goes on to say, as part of the promotion, fans will have access to special events surrounding Ash versus Evil Dead, including exclusive screenings of episodes, as well as meet and greets and Q&As with creative voices uh, behind the franchise. So that sounds pretty cool. If you're into the Overwatch League, you might get some bonus Evil Dead content. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I've wanted to play that game, but I feel like to get the most out of it, you need to put a lot into it. So I haven't broached it. Right. That league is incredible. They have announcers and everything when they're when you're watching it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're good at games, you can make a ton of money these days. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had more time for video games, but I might, I, I might have to check this out because I actually had never heard of this and it, it does sound kind of interesting and if they're teaming up with uh, Evil Dead, can't be all bad. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jason, that is going to do it for the news. Sweet. I actually read uh, another little short interview with Bruce Campbell, and he said that the highlight of the new season is episodes 9 and 10, which he describes as a movie. And he also said the future of the show isn't known, meaning they don't know if they're going to have a season 4. So... And I don't think this is too spoilery, but he says the producer made an effort to wrap things up just in case it doesn't come back. You never know if you're coming back or not, Campbell said. We never want to put Evil Dead fans in that situation. So that just means that the end of the season will have some kind of a satisfying conclusion. And then if they get renewed for season four, then they'll just, you know, spin it off in some other new direction, which I hope they do. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I saw that similar quote and... um uh, I, I also saw Bruce say somewhere else that the end of season three, although it does sort of wrap things up, it, it, it leaves it open 
um, enough that season four would easily be a thing if, if it happens. So, um, at least they're planning ahead. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. Let's get in some listener feedback. Rich, want to go first? Yeah. Listener responses. Matthew rep uh, wrote in and said, I I renew my stars account for 10 weeks every year. I'm ready. (laughs) That's a good way to do it. Oh, by the way. uh, So since we see the episodes and record our podcast before they actually air, then we read feedback from last week's episode. And in this case, since it's a new season, it's more just generally about evil dead. Chris, Laura South wrote the ads for the new season have been hilarious. (laughs) Mark Kirkman says I'm loving the ads for the new season. Can't wait for it to be in my eyes. (laughs) Nice. Chris Mandler. I'm a little nervous about season three after the behind the scenes drama with the season two finale. Really glad to hear you liked it. I said I liked the premiere, so that's what he means. Spoiler, man. You're posting spoilers. <laughs> I just said I liked it. That's all. <laughs> uh, Rima Joe. Hi, Rima Joe. She says, I hope they keep the ash we finally got in season two, where he got to figure things out and seem smart, yet still be a total goofball while doing it. I'd like to see more of the pink fuck and its use. May have to make one myself, minus the ketamine. And I hope for more Lee Majors. He's awesome as Ash's dad. Yeah, Lee Majors. Without the ketamine, it's really not a pink fuck. It's just (laughs) a pink drink. Yeah. (laughs) It's just pink. Definitely not the same. Yeah. We have to have a pink fuck party sometime. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think that's the last idea. party we ever had. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Grippy Bob Dabalino. This is a little exchange between me and Grippy Bob. He says, I had a friend finally watch and love Ash vs. Evil Dead on Netflix only a few months ago after endorsing the show to this guy since season one, episode one aired. <clears throat> I said, and what did you say? In my experience, some people think it's juvenile, but they're dumb. He says, loved it. I knew he would. Total convert. He always loved that Army of Darkness humor. He just got excited even more afterwards when I told him they used a blood cannon. We were talking about how Pablo has Kramer hair or not. So that's cool. Ah. I'm glad he liked it. Because I've, I've def- I, like I said, I've been recommending this to our Walking Dead cast listeners. And some of them come back and go, seriously, like this guy is kind of a jerk and all this. And I'm like, well, maybe the show's not for you. But how can you not love a blood cannon? So, <laughs> Yeah, really. Uh, Brian Campbell. I loved this episode. I like an awkward makeout session from high school, and I haven't even seen it yet. Consider my soul swallowed. <laughs> <laughs> so, one soul swallowed. And here's a call from Steve Brown, who called in one, over a year ago about the season two finale. Hey guys, it's Steve. I uh, just finished watching Second Coming and uh, had a couple of thoughts uh, before I watch it uh, for a second time. Um, by the way, if, if nobody else told you, according to the extras that was on Star's app, uh, Ted Raimi was in the Henrietta costume uh, in the last uh, episode. But uh, uh, just love the, the season finale, love that we wrapped everything up, but yet we still leave it open uh, for next season. Uh, can't wait to see what they're going to do and can't wait to hear uh, your guys' thoughts on the episode. I saw that it already came up on my podcast feed, so I'll be able to listen to it to later. 
But uh, a couple thoughts. It was great to see Lee Majors back. And uh, I, I will say that I did catch something when I saw the preview last week. I, I thought there was something weird about Ruby's hair. So I knew there was going to be something with that character. So that was kind of cool to see how they did that. Um, and bringing Lucy Lawless uh, back and uh, making her a bad guy again. So that's going to be interesting to see next season. Anyway, I'm excited uh, for next season. Can't wait for it to come out. Can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on the episode. Thanks. Bye. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, we actually there got to go. talk to Ted Raimi on that panel about going back to the cabin and everything, and he seemed pretty he, like he was kind of floored by it. Yeah. And I really enjoyed talking to Lee Majors on the panel too, which I, I don't think I said earlier. Just to have such a legend there, and and I got to ask him, um, you know, what made him after doing all this sort of family friendly stuff for years, what made him want to get in involved with this show and. You know, he had some great answers and it was fun to have him there too. So mm -hmm. I hope we can yeah. get that and, and at least play part of it on here. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back and see if we can. Cool. Okay, Rich, it's time for next week on Asher's Evil Dead. What do we got? Next episode is titled Booth 3. And uh, the explanation is Ruby gives birth to a new form of evil and disguises herself to form a bond with Brandy. Kelly returns with a friend who is leading the search for the prophesized one to defeat the dark ones once and for all, all while Ash realizes evil is out to get his daughter. What did the Kelly one say again? Kelly returns with a friend who is leading the search for the prophesized all one. Right. So we, maybe we'll get to see Ruby give birth next week. Something to look forward yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> get a little more on Kelly and, uh, what was his name? No, Dal we don't Dalton, care. right? Yeah, we don't care. <laughs> I don't know why I remember his name. It's Dalton. <laughs> yeah. Dalton. No love for Dalton. <laughs> All right, that's our show, episode 27. Thanks for listening, everybody. I was going to play this uh, at the top, but I forgot. But uh, as we were preparing you know, to come back into podcasting, Chris and I, we have our walking dead podcasts chris has talking dead i have walking dead cast rich doesn't have another podcast so he had to like get all his equipment together and make sure it still worked and everything and so he sent me yeah. this audio test here it is oh no <laughs> testing one two testing one two from a normal sitting position in a normal voice testing one two knock knock who's there control freak okay now you say control freak who what did the zen buddhist say to the hot dog vendor Make me one with everything. <laughs> Jeez, we're going to get letters. I hope so. Come on, this audience should be able to appreciate that. <laughs> that was amazing. Jason, is that your, that is that your advice to people recording, sit in an, a normal sitting position and talking to the mic? Or what, what was it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, at first I, just I did it so I was comfortable. I thought, oh yeah, this sounds good. And then by the end I was laughing my ass off. Yeah, yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> if you guys want to call us or with your own audio tests or whatever, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at groovy at podcastica.com. And you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or evildeadcast on Twitter. Please check out our other shows on the Podcastica network at podcastica.com. As I mentioned, you can find my Walking Dead podcast there. And you should also check out Chris's podcast at talkingdeadpodcast.com. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. And
as always. We'll swallow your soul.